The Matt Wyatt Show podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. Buying or selling, make sure you go there first. Online at mslandbank.com. That's Mississippi Land Bank, where they understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Well, look at there. You made it to Friday. Congratulations. You made it to Friday, the end of the week. Here you are, man. Or, or woman. <laughs> you made it. Happy Friday, everybody. We're glad to be on the air with you. Beaver swooped in there and saved the day again after a little like some gremlins got some gremlins got over into the cables again. <clears throat> Somebody standing on the cord. <laughs> and Beaver got it all fixed again. So we're glad to be on the air with you here on this Friday. It's game day for high school football around the state of Mississippi. Hallelujah. And uh, you know, I think it's gonna be great weather, maybe. Maybe do what? Just a tad warmer. Just a tad warmer than you might expect at the end of October, but still it's going to be really nice weather, I think, around the state. Maybe a few rain showers in certain parts, but for the most part, we ought to get games in. and Everybody enjoy some high school football tonight. I know I'm going to, and we'll talk about that. I'm Matt, here with you in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. If you have your insurance with Farm Bureau, home, auto, life, something happens, God forbid, but it probably is at some point, something's going to happen, and you got somebody who's a text message away, you got their number, they're right down the street because they live and play and work in the same town you do, the same county as you do, and uh, having somebody local is the way it ought to be. That's what you have with Farm Bureau. You always have us, and we always have you. Thanks for tuning in. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, y'all text me today on the Country Pleasing text line. It's 885-ESPN, 601 number, 885-ESPN. Or call me on the Divinity phone. Love to hear your voice. Call me on the Divinity phone, Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, 995-1059. That is a 601 number also, 995-1059. Nine. JB, we made it on the air, man. Happy Friday, Matt Wyatt. Happy Friday to you, too. I'm going back reading these text messages from, from when Brooks disappeared. I know. <laughs> it wasn't even his fault, was it? No, it just, you know, it's, like you said, man, there's there's some gremlins or something creeping around here. <laughs> it, is, it is getting uh, closer to uh, All Hallows Eve. I know it. Halloween. Yeah, we're going to the pumpkin patch tomorrow with uh, Mary Liddy on my off day for football. So we're going to go and see the animals, pick out pumpkins, bring them home, cut them up, carve them up, scoop them out with our bare hands. You know, that whole deal. Throw it at each other. <laughs> Throw, yeah, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, all the stuff we scooped out of those pumpkins, we went and just dumped it over on the side of the house where there ain't nothing over there. You know, we just dumped it on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that uh, following... What spring later? We had a little pump. Yeah. We had a little pumpkin vines sp- sprouting up and running all over the ground out there. <laughs> Check you out. We never did. Like fell to rushing. Yeah, all in one. All in one. But we didn't. We had too much shade ultimately for pumpkins to grow. But it did give us the idea. Maybe we ought to try something with this. So anyway, we've got that all planned this weekend. Looking forward to it and watching some football. But I am tickled to go watch a little high school football tonight. I'll tell you where I'm going, and we'll kind of get into that. If y'all are watching. The live stream, hey to you, 
Yeah, and I'm decked out in a maroon today on Maroon Friday. I'm wearing my favorite hat from the Mississippi State University Golf Course. I've gotten a bunch of hats from them, and this is my favorite one. Just It's a white hat with the maroon little bulldog emblem, like the little bulldog standing there on all fours. I think it's my favorite one. Got it at the Mississippi State University Golf Course. Hit them up on Twitter. At Hale State GC. At Hale State GC. You were talking about the text, JB, that came in during Chris's show when everything went down? Yeah. How about um, how about Chicken Hawk? What, look <laughs> at the last thing he texted. I know, man. He said, this is what Chicken Hawk said at the end of their show. I give up. Brooks, how far do you think Morton is from Pelahatchee? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, one of the longest, hottest rivalries in the state. No golden egg without golden chicken. I have no idea what that even means, chicken. Hawk. That's the uh, that's the battle between Pelahatchee and Morton. It's what for the golden chicken? Golden chicken, I believe that's right. It's it's either uh, Pelahatchee and and Morton or Morton and Forest. So they play for a golden chicken trophy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's uh, I think that's the game that that our buddy called in and said Chicken Hawk had the game winning field goal. What? Well, but so that was the game against looking Pelahatchee. like George Blanda and all. So that was Pelahatchee. I guess. Okay. I, guess. I thought he said it was against Forrest. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. I, I think it's the golden chicken is between Morton and Forrest. Oh, okay. But look but what I, he said, though. He's going right on back to the old tried and true. Um, Rodney Dangerfield? Well, no, the old tried and true topic, which came first, the chicken or the egg? He says there's no golden egg without the golden chicken. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And then he said he's tired of getting no respect. He, he tried to say respect, but he said there, he spelled it wrong. He said, I'm tired of no recept. Yeah. And then he had to you know, text back in and correct it. Look, in Chicken Hawk's defense, it's hard for him to text in one hand and keep the other hand on the wheel. Right, Chicken Hawk? You texting and driving? Huh? Tell the truth. You're not supposed to. <laughs> He'll call in and defend himself probably um let's see here jason and flagstaff country please and text line on this kind of free for all friday 885 espn that's the number to text says what happened to brooks and beaver the one time i purposely tried to listen to them they disappeared they had a technical thing where like right in the middle of the show in the second hour just boom they were out and beaver saved the day he got something on the air and then got it fixed before we got on (laughs) yeah so i mean he was just getting it fixed when i walked in about 11 45 but because of they have they had to go to a little brief replay just a minute so they didn't have dead air. Right. I did yeah. get to hear what they said. I think it was yesterday. Uh, you know ab- about me bringing the country pleasing sausage and giving it to Beaver. Right. Um, I just hey I, I haven't gotten a report yet. So maybe like on Monday over the weekend I'll get a report from Beaver what he thought about the. He's been battling some allergies and I, I, yeah. I don't think he's you know, you know how that happens in this mm-hmm. time of year. You know? Yes. And, and you kind of lose your appetite. Because I, I told him, if he hadn't eaten some of by over the weekend, I'm coming to his house and taking it. Yeah. <laughs> How about this? White Denzel says, a little birdie told me that I'm getting the mint green country pleasing hat for my birthday. Kind of excited. They yeah, have some good nice. hats. Hey, and by the way, too, y'all, uh, check out Country Pleasing on Facebook. I saw it while I was eating lunch. That I was just scrolling through Facebook. They posted a picture on Facebook of some new hats they just got. In and like are just available to you starting today. New country pleasing hats with the hog on it. And they're a little different than some of the others. So you can check it out. They put a picture of them on the 
Facebook page and see if you like those. All right, Nick is is assuring us, and so is JC, that it is Morton and Forrest. Morton versus Forrest is the Chicken Bowl. That's the one we're talking about. Cool. So, so why would why would? Well, it's not a long distance between Morton and Peelhatchie, but I don't know what they were talking about. I mean, yeah, Brooks I mean, could have said something real crazy like, you know, it's Morton's fifty miles from Peelhatchie. <laughs> Maybe he got it mixed up. Yeah, we'll try to get the uh, the story straight. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff says, "I think I'm going to do Maroon Friday on Tuesday. Going to see what the weather does. Supposed to snow a bit here, and he's in Flagstaff, Arizona. There's definitely a bunch on the mountains across the road. How about that? Already have some snow out there. Mm. Hey, speaking of Maroon Friday, okay, which always is sort of, kind of, sort of synonymous with uh, something Scott Strickland started when he was the AD at Mississippi State many years ago, going on ten years ago now." Well, I guess it is 10 years ago. They started doing Maroon Friday. Today is the Maroon Bowl huge rivalry. Okay. In Webster County, huge rivalry in Webster County called the Maroon Bowl. Some people may say the Maroon Game. Other people might call it the Maroon Bowl. East Webster hosting Eupora. You've never been up that way. I'll put it this way. If you've ever driven up the Natchez Trace, you, especially at night in the fall, especially on a Friday night, you know exactly where East Webster High School is because you're driving up the Natchez Trace. You can't miss it. It's right off the trace. The lights are right there. You see it as you drive by. And I think, you know, as the crow flies or maybe even on the road, East Webster High School to Yapora High School is like 10 miles. Literally 10 miles separated by just a little stretch right there on Highway 82. And it is a big rivalry. And you talk about, you know, small town, small community football that people really, really come out and support there in uh, Region 2, 2A. It is, uh, they get after it. If you've ever been to a game at Eupora, you know what I'm talking about. And certainly if you've ever been to one at uh, East Webster, you know what I'm talking about. It's just, it's the, I don't know, kind of classic s- small town, small community, two A schools. They are separated by just a few miles. Everybody on both teams knows each other. Everybody in both towns know each other. Mabin and Yapora, of course, again, in Webster County there. And um, they get after it on Friday nights. And so they're going to have that one tonight. So I'm going to go watch that. Take the cameras. Maybe, uh. See what we can get. Have a little Hometown Heroes video from Wolverines versus Eagles. The Yapora Eagles visiting the East Webster Wolverines. So, And it's a rivalry. You know, you get later in the year, you start to get a bunch of these rivalry games popping up. Let's see it's not here. not like Alabama and Tennessee. Then. Yeah, unlike Alabama and Tennessee. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> JV. Thank you. According to Feinbaum, that's not a rivalry anymore. It's just a game. And, you know, I would say, in reality, if I step back, okay, JB, just like you and I were talking about this yesterday. Yeah. The reality is there are, if you look at, like, Ole Miss and LSU, there are a lot of fans of Ole Miss, a lot of fans of LSU, who see that game, Ole Miss-LSU, as sort of a rivalry-type game. Right. But nobody else does. It's a really small group of people in comparison to everything that we're talking about here. And I think it's a little more so... A rivalry that to a little more, a few more people, the Alabama Tennessee thing is, 
because it's always been branded and third Saturday in October and they played on the same day and, and all this. But it's a lot like the Ole Miss LSU thing in that in the grand scheme of things, it's a small group of people, the older portions of your fan base who kind of recognize it as a rivalry, and the younger portions of your fan bases don't for the most part. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. You know, it's just – and if they want to do that, fine. I guess my point yesterday was whether it's Alabama, Tennessee, or Auburn, Georgia – the league shouldn't continue on and on with this scheduling model that they have or have had, right. not this season, obviously, but they have had, that forces these games on everybody else. You know, State and Kentucky playing each other every year. Yeah. I mean, no. Give the other schools, just let them rotate them right. as they see fit. And if you're, you know, let's just say right now, if they were going to stick with eight conference games in the SEC – after this pandemic, you get out of it, they're going to stick with eight conference games. Well, do away with this permanent cross-division rival thing. Let schedules rotate. And if Tennessee and Alabama want to play each other every year, just schedule it as if it's almost like a non-conference deal in one of your non-conference slots and play it every year. Yeah, I'd like to see them go to non-conference games, just have that odd number. But but for, per your uh, Feinbaum comment, He's late to the train, man. You've been talking about this for months. Yeah. But it's not a rivalry. Well, it's just not. Well, and it and, – and that's, that's why he got booted for that hour, you know. Oh, is that it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were way ahead of yeah, – Way ahead of the curve. Yeah. Uh, Chris on the uh, Country Pleasing text line says, The greatest rivalry, in my opinion, in Mississippi will be played tonight. Clinton versus Warren Central – Many will clamor around that it isn't, though. They don't know. He says we – I'm sorry. He says we'll be cruising the sidelines hoping for a Clinton High School win. Well, more power to you, Chris. You never know. And I think it is. You're right. Uh, those those two have always kind of gotten after each other. Um, I obviously, for a lot of reasons and family reasons and everything else, I think I'll be pulling for Warren Central. I want to see the Morgans do really well and have a, have a great year. And they're off to a great start, undefeated start. What is, let's see, um, let's take a look at it here, MississippiGridiron.com. This is for you, Real C. You're over here picking on Chris again <laughs> on Twitter, and it wasn't even his fault. All right. At MississippiGridiron.com, games to watch, 10 games to watch. Clinton, 4-2 and two on the year at Warren Central, 7-0. and oh. For those outside of the area that don't know, so Warren Central, Warren County, that's Vicksburg, and Clinton – that is um, Hines County, really kind of between Jackson and Vicksburg, right on I-20. Separated by what, 15 miles, 20? Uh, it's about 20 miles. 20, 20 miles, okay. But this rivalry goes all the way back to the little eight, little six and all that kind of stuff. Right. So traveling, it's at Warren Central. Warren Central ranked number four. It's a division deal, Region 2, 6A. Here's what they say at MississippiGridiron.com. This game could determine who is hosting and going on the road in the first round of the playoffs. Clinton quarterback Caleb Miller. Running backs Montavious Warren and Jeremy Mack lead the rushing attack. I'm a poet and don't know it. It averages 135 <laughs> yards a game uh, on the ground. <clears throat> Warren Central coming off a of bye week. They uh, average 173 yards a game uh, led by quarterback Kendrick Thompson and running back Timothy Thompson. Let's see here. This game, they say this game is always closed, but stingy Viking defense only allows 6.8 points a game. 
Not surprised. And again, for those outside of the area that don't know, you may remember on those good teams in the late 90s that Jackie Sherrill had at Mississippi State, a hard-hitting safety, Josh Morgan. He's now the – and played for Jolie Dunn on those defenses. He's now the head coach at Warren Central. Uh, I was teammates with Josh. He was a little bit younger, but his brother, Rob, and I are same age. We're both quarterbacks in the same signing class. Rob is coaching – also at the alma mater there, Warren Central, he's the offensive coordinator. They have him at 7-0. But how about giving up six points a game? Now, they they beat Madison Central in um, in the rain, I guess, what, three weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Beat them in the rain there, but shut them out. <clears throat> and Warren Central just seemed to get more confidence and more confidence each week. They pick a close game with Warren Central winning by about a touchdown. Um, but certainly a huge game. You have Madison Central at South Panola, the University of South Panola. I think they're mainly a, kind of a junior college right now. He, he, he doesn't have them quite back to those USP days. How about Madison Central, too? They've got to be super confident, right, coming off the win over Starkville? They, they're, I talked to uh, the principal at uh, Madison Middle uh, Sunday yeah. at the golf course, and he was telling me the defense – was amazing. And Madison mm-hmm. Central's defense just just wouldn't let Starkville do anything. And, you know, Starkville's got that high-powered offense, and I guess they didn't quite know what to do when they got shut down. Yeah. And the thing about it is, too, for Madison Central, you're playing South Panola, you know what South Panola's going to do. They're going to run the ball. Yeah. The stat here in this nugget, South Panola's averaging 284 rushing yards a game. <laughs> like, here's what we're going to do. Here's where we're doing it. Now just see if you can stop us. We're not trying to fool anybody. Right. And the games they've lost, they have lost because of turnovers and penalties. Mm-hmm. Just hadn't played, you know, that, like I said, they're, they're not back to the U- University of South Panola standards yet. They're South Panola Community College right now. Ridge, <laughs> they're getting there. They're getting back up there. Uh, <laughs> Ridgeland at Neshoba Central. How about that one? So Ridgeland 6-1. and one. Neshoba Central – Seven and zero, and they have looked really, really good. They got them picked to win this one, but um, that's a heck of a ball game right there. Five yeah, A ball game. Bridgeland's come back. Had a couple really good seasons. Yeah, six and one right now. Seven and zero for Neshoba Central Region Two Five A, uh, North Mississippi. Itawamba AHS at Pontotoc. Itawamba's four and two. Pontotoc six and one. Uh, that f- the field that they play at there in Pontotoc is called the Hollow. I've seen several references to that. Is that like down in a in a hollow? Yeah, it's kind of, right. Like you park up by the school behind, you know, go past the baseball field, and you park up by the school, and then you walk, and and what is ground level all of a sudden turns into the very top row of the stadium. You can walk down to get down to it, right? Like, so so they somewhat kinda... similar to Vicksburg's field. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, very similar to that where it's kind of built into the side of a hill, basically. That's cool. School on top of the hill, stadium built into the side of the hill is sort of uh, the the way it is. Here's a stat for you. Pontotoc is averaging 32 points a ball game. 142 in the air, 188 on the ground in terms of uh, their balance. So they're pretty good. They pick a close ball game with Pontotoc winning it at home. All right, North Panola at Water Valley. North Panola four and one, Water Valley four and two. That's Region two three A. Big game tonight. Choctaw County at Noxaby County. Region four three A. This is Choctaw County five and two, Noxaby County four and one. 
Jefferson Davis County, formerly Bassfield, at McGee. Now, what about this? JB, wasn't it McGee early in the year that had yep. the – right at the beginning of the year didn't get to start their season because of the, the outbreak? That's correct. They The whole team was quarantined, cheerleaders, everything. Right, the whole team. Yeah. Well, well look at what weeks. they've done. Yeah, they've been – well, I mean, McGee perennially is one of the better – better teams in the state and they're especially in their classification yeah but um 3a yeah, the trojans trojans can do it region 8 3a mcgee is 5 and 0 uh jefferson davis county 4 and 3 and it's uh at mcgee tonight uh, this is a not a good year for jeff davis county by their no it's not it is. three losses no, is some, some tough 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 losses mm-hmm. but you just have a feeling about them don't you jb that when you look up They'll get in the playoffs. You look up at the end of it, they're going to be right there in the mix. Oh, yeah. Coach yeah. Uh, Mancuso and those guys just always figure it out. All you got to do, man, is get into the playoffs. That's it. All you gotta do. If you That's get in, it. you've always got a chance. That's it. Uh, Puckett at Taylorsville. Puckett 8-0, and Taylorsville 6-1. and Come on with that. Region 5-2A, huge ball game. And then you've got MRA at PCS. MRA eight and O, PCS seven and two. And it could be a really good ball game there in the MAIS Region One Six A, and then also in MAIS you have JA is at Starkville Academy, but they canceled that one I think because of um, Corona stuff, COVID stuff up in the Starkville area. I think that one got canceled. Y'all let me know. I'll check on it at the break, but I think you're right. Okay. Just some games to watch. We'll take a look at a few others now. When we come back. Caleb, you mentioned this on the live stream. He said, have you heard the news that it's officially going to be called, quote-unquote, bowl season in college football? It's official. They got a Twitter account and everything. <laughs> I'll give you a few of those details when we come back. I'm Matt. On this free-for-all Friday with you in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. Yeah, so some confirmation. I saw Dave mention uh, about Startville Academy. JA indeed being canceled. Same thing, uh, Denzel. Appreciate that on the text line there. And Caleb sent me a text. It was from earlier in the week, the release that the folks over at JA sent out. And, yeah, it said that they weren't going to make it up. Only two weeks away from playoffs, and so, you know, not – going to substitute anybody canceling the game just keep everybody safe and then move ahead and get ready for the playoffs so that one's not happening tonight and somebody actually it was dave on the live stream said hey from stark vegas where we have no football tonight sad day no game on saturday either that's right how about that so start with high school who so who start with high school playing or are they playing? I got, did I get confused? Because I think what I saw was Starkville High School Warren Central for next week. I okay. think that's correct. Cancel, right? Well, I wonder who Starkville High School was playing tonight, or did they have an open date? I don't know. They may have an open date. They lost to, uh, you know, that upset of by Madison Central last week. Yeah. So I think they're in an open date, but I'll check and see. Okay. Yeah, so no football tonight in Starkville or tomorrow, uh, for that matter. So just take it off, man. Y'all rake some leaves. i tell you what. I fight leaves. I really need to figure out a way to get them taken care of myself um, because I don't live in a place where I can just pile them up and burn them. And I lament that. Gosh, 
Because one, it's such an easy way to get rid of them. And two, I like doing it. <laughs> but I just happen to live in a place where it's against the law. I cannot pile the leaves up and burn them. Bugs me because, boy, do I have the leaves. And people are like, run over them with your lawnmower. Yeah, <clears throat> I can do that to a certain point. So I got to come up with a, a better way to get rid of leaves because I got plenty of them. So maybe that'll be something I'll dive into tomorrow. Listen to some games on the headphones instead of just sitting in front of the TV watching it all day. Sheila, hey to you. She's on the live stream. Says, Hail State from Grenada. Cody says, uh, Hail State from Garland, Texas. Right outside of, uh, of Dallas. Home of Leanne Rhymes. Right. <laughs> Is that right? Leanne Rhymes is from Garland, Texas. I believe that's correct. Caleb reminds us Starkville High School was supposed to play Murrah tonight, yeah. but the uh, Jackson Post supposed School to be their homecoming. Okay. So, because Murrah didn't fill the team yet. Yeah. Okay. So Caleb actually brought this up. I was going to go back and see if I could find it. Um, Joel Coleman is where I first saw it. Yeah. Joel T. Joel T. Coleman on Twitter. Uh, but he just retweeted what the uh, SEC put out there on Twitter. They're just at SEC. So it's official, you know, the Southeastern Conference announcing this about an hour ago. But it's really just all over the, the college football world announcing this. So see how this lands on you <laughs> as a football fan, okay? Of We're kind of making a big deal out of this, all right? Like it's a big tweet and. We're going to brand it, and I'm sure they've gone on the back channels and copyrighted this thing and trademarked it and, <clears throat> and all that. I need to know the difference between those two. I don't, but anyway, here it is. The Football Bowl Association is getting a new name and brand. Here it is. You ready? Drum roll. Bowl season. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> I swear, they, I mean, The debut of the name change logo and website for the organization is part of a major brand overhaul announced today by Executive Director Nick Carparelli. And I'm looking at it right now. The best way I can describe it to you. So, Bowl Season, a celebration of college football. It has a logo. JB, the logo itself sort of resembles a... Like if you were looking down at a bowl ring that somebody's wearing... Right. You know, and how it has the shape of a football in the middle. I think that's how it kind of stands out to me. It's it's that's what the logo sort of looks like. It's like if you were looking down at the top of a the face of somebody's bowl ring, shape yeah. of a football in the middle. Looking at it right now. Seeing that. The colors that Yeah, it is neat. The colors they're Why using are Florida State colors. I was gonna say the same thing. I'll say like Boston College or Florida State colors. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why it is that way. But like the word bowl is the the red and the background is the gold, the old gold. And the word season in white. Okay, so I mean it is what it is. Make well, a big deal out of it, but <laughs> and so I clicked follow, right? Yeah. And so then it pops up the suggestions. What do you get? All bowl games. <laughs> <laughs> They've got it figured out. Yeah. What was it? Here's a quote. Um from Mark Jacobson, owner of 1919 Productions. Quote, our goal was to create a new brand that is distinctive, ownable, 
and clearly defines what bowl season is. The new name and logo taps into the passion and emotion of college football, which we think will resonate with all parties involved. Uh, that's uh, They were developed by Connecticut-based 1919 Productions. And uh, Joe Bosick and Company, Tony Fay, Public Relations, based in Dallas, hired to oversee communications efforts for the organization. Y'all, I'm talking about we're hiring people in Connecticut and in Dallas to come up with this. <laughs> I should not at all be making fun of it. And I'm really not making fun of it. I'm just going. What I want to know is, did did the people that are involved, the marketing firm, the designers, did, did they have their meetings and go through the whole process of this? And, and did they spend the majority of their time coming up with that logo and the colors? Because if that's the case, okay, fine. You, you go into those details. I just hope they didn't spend a lot of time and effort coming up with the name. <laughs> the opening line of the press release from Dallas today, the Football Bowl Association is getting a new name and brand, colon, bowl season. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> you know, talent, man, it takes <laughs> more power to them. It takes talent. All right, here we go. Country please and text line. Country please and sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. Nick says, what's up, Matt? Did you see the throwback uniforms from Mississippi State? Nick, I saw them, and man, I love them. I mean, does it? <laughs> am I the only one? <laughs> no, I'm just laughing at the, the, the whole uniform thing with you. <laughs> you know what I love about them, Nick? Man, I love them. You know what I love about them? They're, they got helmets and face masks. All the necessities. They've even got jerseys and, like, pants and cleats and everything. And the school colors are on them. They're awesome. I, I, it's safe to say you would not be a graphic designer for uniforms at Nike. No. I mean, I – well, but, see, not because I'm, like – get off my lawn about it. I'm not no, an no, old guy. I understand. My thing I understand. is, I just kind of like them all. Right. I, you know, wear what you want to wear. It's, it's fine with me. You know, over the years, I've seen people throw a fit about state wearing black and wearing black yeah. jerseys. I don't have a problem with it. You know, they gave me a black shirt to wear to the game. I like it. So let me ask you this question. A lot. As a player, all right, mm -hmm. because – so many of these schools now have multiple uniforms with the you know, the exception of your Penn States and your Alabamas. Did the uniform, the, the logo, did any of that appeal to you in one way or in another in, in your choice of schools? No, 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 never even thought about it. Would you say it's safe to say that there are some kids these days that commit to schools that have multiple oh, yeah. uniforms? Oh, yeah. Because of it or yeah. influenced by that? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I think so because, you know, the proof is in the pudding sort of thing, JB. Like they, the schools wouldn't be doing it if they didn't think it appealed or felt really strongly that it appeals to some. It's like right. I, I think I saw a quote where Derek Henry said that he came down to in his recruitment down to Alabama or Tennessee, and then he chose Alabama because they were Nike 
and t- and Tennessee was Adidas, and he wanted to be Nike. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, yeah. So I think there is something to it for some. You know, for hmm. me, I guess it's it, it's either personality or like the era that you grow up in. Like I never thought about it. <laughs> the right, uniforms. Right. Well, I love that Mississippi State uh, with the, the flying M, as they call it. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, that yeah. was one of the first logos. I now ever saw. I will admit this. Yeah. Okay, my first year in college at State '95, I was redshirting, but on the team that first year. And at the end of the year, we hosted the Egg Bowl. I think that was Tommy Tuberville's first Egg Bowl at Ole Miss, and they came in there, and they had changed the Ole Miss helmets and made them dark blue. Yeah, that year, they came in. So our people for the Egg Bowl that year '95. Uh, had us wear all maroon. And it was before they went to the new version of the Nike uniform in 96. It was the old version in 95. Right. I remember. And they put us in all maroon uniforms. And and the old version of the Nike, the maroon was much more purple. Go back and look at the 95 uniforms that Molds and them used to wear. It was yeah. much more purple. So we are in all maroon. And I just remember <laughs> in warm-ups looking around at us, and I thought, man... We look like a bunch of grapes running around out here on the field. <laughs> look dark, at this. Dark grape. Pinot Noir. <laughs> That's what it looked like. I don't like this. But I think that might be the only time it ever dawned to me what uniform I was wearing. Yeah. I just show up to my locker and put it on, see? And that's the old way of thinking. Go yeah, no, I, I like it, Nick, in all seriousness. I think it is really neat to have old stuff that former teams and former players wore that you bring back and now new players get to wear that same stuff and all that. I, I like that stuff a lot, coming up with making old things new again. I like that. All right, rolling That's along. That's a great thing right there. Man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, kind of like in radio. They took two old guys and put us on the radio, JB. Here we are. Y'all stick around. All right, back with you, getting ready to wrap up hour number one. We're with you here for a while today, live with you here. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Steve has left the station, so we hope nothing goes wrong. Keep your head on a swivel. If the gremlin pops up, kick him. Look, there you go. Uh, if something happens, we, just, we can't call Beaver back up there. Because that would be what? The second time this week for us. It'd be the third time in three days or two days that he would have had to just jump in and save things. We just you know, need to let him go. It, it's been a different thing every time. I know. Isn't that amazing? It happens that way sometimes. That's why he's amphibious. <laughs> he's versatile, for sure. Versatile. A versatile beaver. Okay. Uh, on the leaf thing, David, I got your tweet there. Thanks for the link at moandblow.com. Give us a call and we'll get those leaves taken care of. Yeah, I may wind up doing that. You know, my thing, David, is this is not the best way to go about stuff. I made the statement a couple of weeks ago here on the show about how a lot of home projects, handyman projects, I I talk myself out of it because I think I've got to figure it all out before I get started. And so I try to plan every step in my head and know every step it's what it's going to take in my head. And because I can't figure those things out, a lot of projects I don't even start. But handyman stuff's different to me. Outdoor stuff, you know, anything, anything mow, trim, weed eat, blow, cut, uh, prune, plant, dig, saw, anything like that outdoors, I'm all about it. 
And until I realize I can't do it myself, I can't figure it out, then I call somebody. I want to do it myself. I even made the statement one time, somebody heard it and got offended. I said, if you, if you are a man and you have a yard, you ought to mow your own grass. I don't care who you are. Unless you physically, something has happened, you can't do it. JB recently had surgery. Well, he'd have to get somebody to do it. I understand that. Well, maybe work or responsibilities or something takes you out of town for weeks on end during the, the growing season. Well, maybe you got to call somebody. Otherwise, don't give me all these other excuses. Mow your own grass. <laughs> this is terrible, okay? But listen, I don't care who you are or how old you are. <laughs> if you are A, physically capable, and B, not out of town, if you still are paying somebody to do all that stuff for you in your yard, I don't have a lot of respect for that. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm just being honest with you, okay? So because of that, David, and because I've said those things publicly, I feel like I have to figure it out, a way to take care of all these leaves myself. If you could see where I am, it is an unbelievable <laughs> amount of leaves. This is no little job. And this will be the first of what is going to be about four or five times that you're going to have to do it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Every year it is a, yeah. it's, the decision is tough, JV. No, do I, I even looked, fool yeah. with it now? Look, this honest truth. I'm out there piling some up, you know, mowing some others to disintegrate them, piling other ones up, figuring out how to get rid of them. And the whole time I'm doing it, leaves just falling all over the place. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking? This is pointless. So Did, did you think... Time, I should be on my way. <laughs> I didn't think of that. I was thinking other things I can't say on the radio sometimes. But honestly, <laughs> David, I may call you. I just, I got to try it first. I got to try some things first. I want to figure it out myself. I want to figure out a way to every year take care of this stuff myself. And here's the other thing I'll say. Not all leaves are equal, Okay. You know, you get a big oak tree back here. That's a what what kind of oak tree we're talking about? Was it with the big healthy leaves? You get a maple tree out here. It's dro dropping these big thick leaves. They're easy to get up and deal with. White I, oak trees, man. White oak. White oak. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, because they skin. Right. Their skins fall off. That's even worse. You know what's worse than that? I have about I, I have gumballs. about. Well, they're bad. You know what's worse than gumballs? I have about eight. Hackberry trees in in the front part of you know one front part of the yard. These are old big trees. It costs a lot of money to get them cut. What is a hackberry tree? Is that is that close akin to a bodoc? Well, I don't know about big that. Big horse apples. They don't have you know saying hackberry. They didn't actually have berries. I don't know how they got the name, but they they're first they do two things. One, they have this stuff this liquid that they drip all over everything throughout a, a large portion of the year, especially in the fall. And it covers everything in this black, sticky liquid. It's horrible. The other thing is their leaves are all teeny tiny little leaves that as soon as they hit the ground and get just the least little bit of moisture on them, they turn into... It's like, it's like raking mud. It's terrible. And so let me just say, if it were possible for some strong hurricane force winds or, I don't know, a tornado, 
if it were possible for them come swooping through here and get all these hackberry trees down without damaging my house, I'd be okay with that. Hate them. Annabeth's like, oh, the shade. They provide shade. Okay, here's a rake. Hate them. Let's talk some sports, shall we? <clears throat> Look, y'all, it's a free-for-all Friday. RLD Studio. In hour two, I'm going to answer your question. He asked me in your quote-unquote media expert opinion. I see why you're doing that. Is LSU going to lose this weekend? LSU hosts South Carolina. You may be surprised at my answer. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll jump on that game in hour number two. All right, first up, Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer, Chad, hanging on the line. What's up, Chad? Oh, good things, Matt. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, man. Uh, first off, I miss your blogs on YouTube, especially the one on taking risk, man. Uh, God used those to speak into my life at different times. I just want to say thank you for that. But Thank you. Uh, my question is, just observing everything with Kylan Hill and kind of looking back on the Moorhead era, do you think we're experiencing the effects of a just negative culture kind of created by that regime? And how long does it take a new coaching staff to really be able to remedy uh, a culture like that? It's a really good question. I think it's an appropriate one, Chad. You know, my first reaction a lot of times when people ask that kind of stuff, you know, culture from one coach to the other is, you know, after a new coach and his staff have been there for a few months, you know, it's, it's hard to use what happened before them as an excuse for any issues they have, if, if that makes any sense. I, I generally think, you know, the passing of the baton is supposed to happen pretty quick, and that's why you pay them so much money. Um, but... Yes, there could potentially be some of that. Now, you brought up Kylan Hill. Um, without being able to really give you a sure enough definitive you know, answer on it, this is what I think. It was a little confusing to figure out what was going on with the immediate changeover from Aris Williams running back to Kylan Hill. As a youngster, you know, he would have been a sophomore at that time. Colin Hill would have been a sophomore in that first year of Moorhead. And pretty much right away, Kylan was elevated to the top of the depth chart and got the reps and, and basically unseated Aris Williams. And, and Aris Williams didn't really get to have much of a senior year, frankly, under the new coaching staff. And the year before, he'd been a 1,000-yard rusher. It was not a lightning type of guy. He was not a light show at running back. He was an absolute workhorse he was you know it should be a three-yard carry and every time it's a six-yard carry when he's done just a workhorse and with the new coaching staff he's got no shot I mean it was just Kylan from the word go and that was a little confusing to figure out now <laughs> the alarm's going off now whether or not that actually snakes had in the house. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the snake signal. Now, whether or not you had some sort of thing that contributed to Kylan kind of getting out over his skis a little bit, I, I can't really speak to that. I don't know. But yes, I don't think Eris got a fair shot. 
And I don't know that he was necessarily treated fairly in that situation back in 2018. That's just the truth of it. Um, and when something like that happens, it's very easy for a situation like that to contribute to some issues later down the road, potentially. Now, you know, the negative culture, I, I think Joe, in a lot of ways, had, you know, a lot of good things that they did. But I think the most negative thing was there was a, a, a toughness and a physicality that they didn't instill, that they didn't keep going from the Mullen years. The strength and conditioning program was not where it was supposed to be. Players got soft. Players were not in as good a shape as they needed to be. It showed up on the field. It showed up with always giving up points in the fourth quarter, it seemed like, especially early last year. It was evidenced by, I mean, we're going to practice indoors today because it's too hot. I mean, you don't do that. You just don't do it. <laughs> the hotter, the better. Well, it's raining outside. Well, practice in the rain. There's a certain level of just kind of grown-upness and toughness you have to have in this league, and if you fall short of that, it's going to find you on game day. Well, that's what they were doing. So that, yes, you got to reinstill it. And they were on their way to it, I think, with this new staff. They're old school in the strength and conditioning uh, approach. But then the pandemic hit in March, and they lose everything. So I think there are a lot of factors. Anytime you have this much turnover – in philosophy and people and coaches and everything, you're going to feel the effects of it every time, everywhere. It's just the truth. Hour two coming up. Stick around.